Book Eleven of Jerusalem Delivered by Torquato Tasso, translated by Edward Fairfax. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Thomas Copeland. The argument, with grave procession, songs and psalms devout, heaven's sacred aid the Christian lords invoke. That done, they scale the wall which kept them out. The fort is almost won; the gates nigh broke. Godfrey is wounded by Clorinda stout and lost is that day's conquest by the stroke. The angel cures him, he returns to fight, but lost his labor, for day lost his light. The Christian army's great and puissant guide, to salt the town that all his thoughts had bent, did ladders, rams, and engines huge provide, when Reverend Peter to him gravely went, and drawing him with sober grace aside, with words severe, thus told his high intent. Right well, my lord, these earthly strengths you move, but let us first begin from heaven above, with public prayer, zeal, and faith devout, the aid, assistance, and the help obtain of all the blessed of the heavenly rout, with whose support you conquest sure may gain. First let the priests, before thine armies stout, with sacred hymns their holy voices strain, and thou and all thy lords and peers with thee of godliness and faith examples be. Thus spake the hermit grave in words severe. Godfrey allowed his counsel sage and wise. Of Christ the Lord, quoth he, thou servant dear, I yield to follow thy divine advice. And while the princes I assemble here, with great procession, songs, and sacrifice, with Bishop William, Thou and Adamair with sacred and with solemn pomp prepare. Next morn the bishops twain, the Heremite, and all the clerks and priests of less estate, did in the middest of the camp unite within a place for prayer consecrate. Each priest adorned was in a surplus white. The bishops donned their albs and copes of state. Above their rochets buttoned fair before, and mitres on their heads like crowns they wore. Peter alone before spread to the wind the glorious sign of our salvation great. With easy pace the choir come all behind, and hymns and psalms in order true repeat. With sweet respondence in harmonious kind their humble song the yielding air doth beat. Lastly together went the reverend pair of prelates sage, William and Adamair. The mighty duke came next, as princes do, without companion, marching all alone. The lords and captains then came two and two, the soldiers for their guard were armed each one. With easy pace thus ordered, passing through the trench and rampire, to the fields they gone. No thundering drum, no trumpet shrill they hear, their godly music, psalms and prayers were. To thee, O Father, Son, and sacred sprite, one true eternal everlasting king, to Christ's dear mother Mary, virgin bright, psalms and thanksgiving, and of praise they sing. To them that angels down from heaven to fight against the blasphemous beast and dragon bring, to him also that of our Saviour good washed the sacred front in Jordan's flood. Him likewise they invoke, called the rock, whereon the Lord they say his church did rear, whose true successors close, or else unlock the blessed gates of grace and mercy dear. And all the elected twelve, the chosen flock of his triumphant death who witness bear, 
and them by torment, slaughter, fire, and sword, who martyrs died to confirm his word, and them also whose books and writings tell what certain path to heavenly bliss us leads, and hermits good, and anchoresses that dwell mewed up in walls and mumble on their beads, and virgin nuns in close and private cell where but shrift fathers never mankind treads. On these they called, and on all the rout of angels, martyrs, and of saints devout. Singing and saying thus, the camp devout spread forth her zealous squadrons, broad and wide. Towards Mount Olivet went all this rout, so called of olive trees, the hill which hide, a mountain known by fame the world throughout, which riseth on the city's eastern side, from it divided by the valley green of Josaphat that fills the space between. Hither the armies went, and chaunted shrill that all the deep and hollow dales resound. From hollow mounts and caves in every hill a thousand echoes also sung around. It seemed some choir that sung with art and skill dwelt in those savage dens and shady ground, for oft resounded from the banks they hear the name of Christ and of his mother dear. Upon the walls the pagans old and young stood hushed and still, amated and amazed at their grave order and their humble song, at their strange pomp and customs new they gazed. But when the show they had beholden long, an hideous yell the wicked miscreants raised, that with vile blasphemies the mountains hoar, the woods, the waters, and the valleys roar. But yet with sacred notes the hosts proceed, Though blasphemies they hear, and cursed things, So with Apollo's harp Pan tunes his reed, So adders hiss where Philomela sings. Nor flying darts, nor stones the Christians dread, Nor arrows shot, nor quarries cast from slings. But with assured faith, as dreading not, The holy work begun to end they brought. A table set they on the mountain's height, to minister thereon the sacrament. In golden candlesticks a hallowed light at either end of virgin wax there brent. In costly vestments sacred William dight, with fear and trembling to the altar went, and prayer there, and service loud begins, both for his own and all his army's sins. Humbly they heard his words that stood him nigh, the rest far off upon him bent their eyes. But when he ended had the service high, You servants of the Lord, depart, he cries. His hands he lifted then up to the sky, And blessed all those warlike companies. And they dismissed, returned the way they came, Their order as before, their pomp the same. Within their camp arrived, this voyage ended, Towards his tent the duke himself withdrew, on their guide by heaps the bands attended till his pavilion's stately door they view there to the lord his welfare they commended and with him left the worthies of the crew whom at a costly and rich feast he placed and with the highest room old raymond graced now when the hungry knights sufficed are with meat with drink with spices of the best quoth he when next to see the morning star, to salt the town, be ready all and pressed. Tomorrow is a day of pains and war, this of repose, of quiet, peace, and rest. Go take your ease this evening and this night, 
and make you strong against tomorrow's fight. They took their leave, and Godfrey's heralds rode to intimate his will on every side, and published it through all the lodgings broad that gainst the morn each should himself provide. Meanwhile they might their hearts of cares unload, and rest their tired limbs that evening tide. Thus fared they till night their eyes did close, night, friend to gentle rest and sweet repose. With little sign as yet of springing day, out peeped, not well appeared, the rising morn. The plough yet tore not up the fertile lay, nor to their feed the sheep from folds returned. The birds sat silent on the greenwood spray, amid the groves unheard was hound and horn, when trumpets shrill, true signs of hardy fights, called up to arms the soldiers, called the knights. Arm, arm at once, and hundred squadrons cried, and with their cry to arm them all begin. Godfrey arose. That day he laid aside his hauberk strong, he wants to combat in, and donned a breastplate fair of proof untried, such one as footmen use, light, easy, thin. Scantly the warlord thus clothed had his grooms when aged Raymond to his presence comes. And furnished thus, when he the man beheld, by his attire his secret thought he guessed. Where is, quoth he, your sure and trusty shield, your helm, your hauberk strong? Where all the rest? Why be you half disarmed? Why to the field approach you in these weak defences dressed? I see this day you mean a course to run wherein may peril much, small praise be won. Alas, do you that idle praise expect to set first foot this conquered wall above? Of less account some knight there to object, whose loss so great and harmful cannot prove. My lord, your life with greater care protect, and love yourself because all us you love. Your happy life is spirit, soul, and breath of all this camp. Preserve it then from death. To this he answered thus. You know, he said, in Claremont, by mighty Urban's hand, when I was girded with this noble blade, for Christ's true faith to fight in every land, to God even then a secret vow I made, not as a captain here this day to stand and give directions, but with shield and sword to fight, to win, or die for Christ my Lord. When all this camp in battle strong shall be ordained and ordered, well disposed all, and all things done which to the high degree and sacred place I hold belong and shall, then reason is it, nor dissuade thou me, that I likewise assault this sacred wall, lest from my vow to God late made I swerve, he shall this life defend, keep, and preserve, Thus he concludes, and every hardy knight his sample followed, and his brethren twain. The other princes put on harness light as footmen use, but all the pagan train toward that side bent the defensive might that lies exposed to view of Charles's wain and Zephyrus' sweet blasts, for on that part the town was weakest both by sight and art. On all parts else the fort was strong by sight, with mighty hills defensed from foreign rage, and to this part the tyrant gan unite his subjects born and bands that serve for wage. From this exploit he spared nor great nor light, the aged men and boys of tender age 
to fire of angry war still brought new fuel stones darts lime brimstone and bitumen cruel all full of arms and weapons was the wall under whose basis that fair plain doth run there stood the soldan like a giant tall so stood at Rhodes, the colos of the sun waist high argantes showed himself withal at whose stern looks the french to quake begun florinda on the corner tower alone in silver arms like rising cynthia shone her rattling quiver at her shoulders hung therein a flash of arrows feathered wheel in her left hand her bow was bended strung therein a shaft headed with mortal steel so fit to shoot she singled forth among her foes who first her quarry's strength should feel so fit to shoot latona's daughter stood when niobe she killed and all her brood the aged tyrant tottered on his feet from gate to gate from wall to wall he flew he comforts all his bands with speeches sweet and every fort and bastion doth review for every need prepared in every street new regiments he placed and weapons new the matrons grave within their temples high to idols false for succors call and cry o macon break in twain the steeled lance of wicked godfrey with thy righteous hands against thy name he doth his arm advance his rebel blood pour out upon these sands these cries within his ears no entrance could find for naught he hears naught understands while thus the town for her defence ordains his army's godfrey ordereth on the plains his forces first on foot he forward brought with goodly order providence and art against those towers which to sail he thought in battles twain his strength he doth depart between them crossbows stood and engines wrought to cast a stone a quarry or a dart from whence like thunder's dint or lightning's new against the bulwarks stones and lances flew his men-at-arms did back his bands on foot the light horse ride far off and serve for wings he gave the sign so mighty was the rout of those that shot with bows and cast with slings such storms of shafts and stones flew all about that many a pagan proud to death it brings some died some at their loops durst scant out peep some fled and left the place they took to keep the hardy frenchmen full of heat and haste ran boldly forward to the ditches large and o'er their heads an iron pentis vast they built by joining many a shield and targe some with their engines ceaseless shot and cast and volleys huge of arrows sharp discharge upon the ditches some employed their pain to fill the moat and even it with the plain with slime or mud the ditches were not soft but dry and sandy void of waters clear though large and deep the christians fill them oft with rubbish faggots stone and trees they bear adrastus first advanced his crest aloft and boldly gan a strong scalado rear and through the falling storm did upward climb of stones darts arrows fire pitch and lime the hardy switzer now so far was gone that halfway up with mickle pain he got a thousand weapons he sustained alone and his audacious climbing ceased not at last upon him fell a mighty stone as from some engine great it had been shot it 
broke his helm, he tumbled from the height, the strong circassian cast that wondrous weight. Not mortal was the blow, yet with the fall on earth sore bruised the man lay in a swoon. Argantes gan with boasting words to call, Who cometh next? This first is tumbled down. Come, hardy soldiers, come, assault this wall. I will not shrink, nor fly, nor hide my crown. If in your trench yourselves for dread you hold, there shall you die, like sheep killed in their fold. Thus boasted he. But in their trenches deep the hidden squadrons kept themselves from scath. The curtain, made of shields, did well off keep both darts and shot, and scorned all their wrath. But now the ram upon the rampire's steep, on mighty beams his head advanced hath, with dreadful horns of iron tough, tree great, the walls and bulwarks trembled at his threat. An hundred able men, meanwhile, let fall the weights behind. The engine tumbled down and battered flat the battlements and wall. So fell Tygetus Hill on Sparta town. It crushed the steeled shield in pieces small and beat the helmet to the wearer's crown and on the ruins of the walls and stones dispersed left their blood, their brains, and bones. The fierce assailants, kept no longer close under the shelter of their targets fine, but their bold fronts to chance of war exposed, and against those towers let their virtue shine. The scaling ladders up to skies arose, the groundworks deep some closely undermine, the walls before the Frenchmen shrink and shake, and gaping sign of headlong falling make. And fallen they had, so far the strength extends of that fierce ram and his redoubted stroke, but that the pagans care the place defends, and saved by warlike skill the wall nigh broke. For to what parts aware the engine bends, there sacks of wool they place, the blow to choke, whose yielding breaks the strokes thereon which light, so weakness oft subdues the greatest might. While thus the worthies of the western crew maintain their brave assault and skirmish hot, her mighty bow Clorinda often drew, and many a sharp and deadly arrow shot, and from her bow no steeled shaft there flew, but that some blood the cursed engine got, blood of some valiant knight or man of fame for that proud shootress scorned weaker game. The first she hit among the Christian peers was the bold son of England's noble king. Above the trench himself he scantly rears, but she an arrow loosed from the string. The wicked steel his gauntlet breaks and tears, and through his right hand thrust the piercing sting. Disabled thus from fight, he gan retire, groaning for pain, but fretting more for ire. Lord Stephen of Amboise on the ditch's brim, and on a ladder high Clotharius died. From back to breast an arrow pierced him, the other was shot through from side to side. Then, as he managed brave his courser trim, on his left arm she hit the Fleming's guide. He stopped, and from the wound the reed outtwined, but left the iron in his flesh behind. As Adamere stood to behold the fight, 
I on a bank withdrawn to breathe a space, A fatal shaft upon his forehead light, His hand he lifted up to feel the place, Where on a second arrow chanced right, And nailed his hand unto his wounded face. He fell, and with his blood disdained the land, His holy blood shed by a virgin's hand. While Palamede stood near the battlement, Despising perils all and all mishap, and upward still his hardy footings bent, on his right eye he caught a deadly clap, through the right eye Clorinda's seventh shaft went, and in his neck broke forth a bloody gap, he underneath that bulwark dying fell, which late to scale and win he trusted well. Thus shot the maid, the duke with hard assay and sharp assault meanwhile the town oppressed, Against that part which to his campward lay, An engine huge and wondrous he addressed, The tower of wood, built for the town's decay, As high as were the walls and bulwarks best, The turret full of men and weapons pent, And yet on wheels it rolled, moved, and went. This rolling fort his nigh approaches made, And darts and arrows spit against his foes, As ships are wont in fight. So it essayed with the strong wall to grapple and to close. The pagans on each side the peace invade, And all their force against this mass oppose. Sometimes the wheels, sometimes the battlement, With timber, logs, and stones they broke and rent. So thick flew stones and darts, That no man sees the azure heavens, The sun his brightness lost, The cloud of weapons like two swarms of bees, met in the air, and there each other crossed. And look, how falling leaves drop down from trees, when the moist sap is nipped with timely frost, or apples in strong winds from branches fall, the Saracens so tumbled from the wall. For on their part the greatest slaughter light, they had no shelter against so sharp a shower. Some left on live betook themselves to flight, so feared they this deadly thundering tower. But Solomon stayed like a valiant knight, and some with him that trusted in his power. Argantes, with a long beech-tree in hand, ran thither this huge engine to withstand. With this he pushed the tower, and back it drives the length of all his tree a wondrous way. The hardy virgin by his side arrives to help Argantes in this hard essay. The band that used the ram this season strives to cut the cords wherein the wool-packs lay, which done, the sacks down in the trenches fall, and to the battery naked left the wall. The tower above, the ram beneath, doth thunder. What lime and stone such puissance could abide? The wall began, now bruised and crushed asunder, her wounded lap to open broad and wide. Godfrey himself and his brought safely under the shattered wall, where greatest breach he spied. Himself he saves behind his mighty targe, a shield not used, but in some desperate charge. From hence he sees where Solomon descends down to the threshold of the gaping breach, and there it seems the mighty prince intends Godfredo's open entrance to impeach. Argantes, and with him the maid, defends the walls above, to which the tower doth reach. His noble heart, when Godfrey this beheld, With courage new, with wrath 
and valor swelled. He turned about, and to good Siger spake, Who bare his greatest shield and mighty bow. That sure and trusty target let me take, Impenetrable is that shield I know, Over these ruins will I passage make, And enter first, the way is eath and low, And time requires that by some noble feat I should make known my strength and puissance great. He scant had spoken, scant received the targe, when on his leg a sudden shaft him hit, and through that part a hole made wide and large, where his strong sinews fastened were and knit. Clorinda, thou this arrow didst discharge, and let the pagans bless thy hand for it, for by that shot thou savedst them that day from bondage vile, from death and sure decay. The wounded duke, as though he felt no pain, still forward went and mounted up the breach. His high attempt at first he nulled refrain, and after called his lords with cheerful speech. But when his leg could not his weight sustain, he saw his will did far his power outreach. And more he strove, his grief increased the more. The bold assault he left at length, therefore. And with his hand he beckoned Guelpho near and said, I must withdraw me to my tent, my place and person in mine absence bear, supply my want, let not the fight relent, I go, and will ere long again be here, I go and straight return. This said, he went, on a light steed he leaped, and o'er the green he rode, but rode not, as he thought, unseen. When Godfrey parted, parted eke the heart, the strength and fortune of the Christian bands, Courage increased in their adverse part, wrath in their hearts, and vigor in their hands. Valor, success, strength, hardiness, and art failed in the princes of the western lands. Their swords were blunt, faint was their trumpet's blast, their sun was set, or else with clouds or cast. Upon the bulwarks now appeared bold that fearful band that late for dread was fled. The women that Clorinda's strength behold, their country's love to war encouraged. They weapons got, and fight like men they would, their gowns tucked up, their locks were loose and spread. Sharp darts they cast, and without dread or fear, exposed their breasts to save their fortress dear. But that which most dismayed the Christian knights, and added courage to the pagans most, was Guelpho's sudden fall in all men's sights, who tumbled headlong down his footing lost. A mighty stone upon the worthy lights, but whence it came none wist, nor from what coast. And with like blow, which more their hearts dismayed, beside him low in dust old Raymond laid. And used to seek, within the ditches large, to narrow shifts and last extremes they drive. Upon their foes so fierce the pagans charge, and with good fortune so their blows they give, that whom they hit, in spite of helm or targe, they deeply wound, or else of life deprive. At this their good success Argantes proud, waxing more fell, thus roared and cried aloud, This is not Antioch, nor the evening dark can help your privy slights with friendly shade. The sun yet shines, your falsehood can we mark, in otherwise this bold assault was made, 
Of praise and glory quenched is the spark That made you first these eastern lands invade. Why cease you now? Why take you not this fort? What, are you weary for a charge so short? Thus raged he, and in such hellish sort Increased the fury in the brain-sick knight That he esteemed that large and ample fort Too straight a field wherein to prove his might. There where the breach had framed a new-made port Himself he placed with nimble skips of light. He cleared the passage out, and thus he cried to Solomon that fought close by his side. Come, Solomon, the time and place behold that of your valors well may judge the doubt. Why stayest thou? Among these Christians bold, first leap he forth that holds himself most stout. While thus his will the mighty champion told, both Solomon and he at once leaped out. Fury the first provoked, disdain the last, Who scorned the challenge ere his lips at last. Upon their foes unlooked for they flew, Each spited other for his virtue's sake. So many soldiers this fierce couple slew, So many shields they cleft and helms they break, So many ladders to the earth they threw, That well they seemed a mount thereof to make, Or else some vamure fit to save the town, Instead of that the Christians late beat down. The folk that strove with rage and haste before, Who first the wall and rampire should ascend, Retire, and for that honor strive no more. Scantly they could their limbs and lives defend. They fled, their engines lost, The pagans tore in pieces small, Their rams to naught they rend, And all unfit for further service make. With so great force and rage their beams they break. The pagans ran, transported with their ire, Now here, now there, and woeful slaughters wrought. At last they called for devouring fire, Two burning pines against the tower they brought. So from the palace of their hellish sire, When all this world they would consume to naught, The fury sisters come with fire in hands, Shaking their snaky locks and sparkling brands. But noble Tancred, who this while applied, Gave exhortations to his bold Latines. When of these knights the wondrous acts he spied, And saw the champions with their burning pines, He left his talk, and thither forthwith hired, To stop the rage of those fell Saracines. And with such force the fight he there renewed, That now they fled, and lost who late pursued. Thus changed the state and fortune of the fray, Meanwhile the wounded duke, in grief and teen, Within his great pavilion, rich and gay, Good Sigier and Baldwin stood between. His other friends, whom his mishap dismay, With grief and tears, about assembled be. He strove in haste the weapon out to wind, And broke the reed, but left the head behind. He bade them take the speediest way they might, Of that unlucky hurt to make him sound and to lay ope the depth thereof to sight. He willed them open, search, and lance the wound. Send me again, quoth he, to end this fight, before the sun be sunken underground. And leaning on a broken spear, he thrust his legs straight out to him that cure it must. Erotimus, born on the banks of Po, was he that undertook to cure the knight. All what green herbs or waters pure could do, he knew their power, their virtue, and their might. The noble poet was the man also, 
but in this science he had more delight. He could restore to health death-wounded men, and make their names immortal with his pen. The mighty duke, yet never changed cheer, but grieved to see his friends lamenting stand, the leech prepared his cloths and cleansing gear, and with a belt his gown about him band. Now with his herbs the steely head to tear out of the flesh he proved, now with his hand, now with his hand, now with his instrument, he shaked and plucked it, yet not forth it went. His labor vain, his art prevailed not, his luck was ill, although his skill were good. To such extremes the wounded prince he brought, that with fell pain he swooned as he stood. But the angel pure that kept him went and sought divine dictamnum out of Ida wood. This herb is rough and bears a purple flower, and in his budding leaves lies all his power. Kind nature first upon the craggy clift bewrayed this herb unto the mountain goat, that when her sides a cruel shaft hath rift, with it she shakes the reed out of her coat. This in a moment fetched the angel swift, and brought from Ida hill, though far remote, the juice whereof in a prepared bath unseen the blessed spirit poured hath pure nectar from that spring of Lydia then, and panaces divine therein he threw. The cunning leech to bathe the wound began, and of itself the steely head outflew. The bleeding staunched, no vermil drop outran, the leg again waxed strong with vigor new. Erotimus cried out, This hurt and wound no human art or hand so soon makes sound. Some angel good, I think, Come down from skies, thy surgeon is, For here plain tokens are of grace divine, Which to thy help applies. Thy weapon take, and haste again to war. In precious cloths his leg the chieftain ties, Not could the man from blood and fight debar. A sturdy lance in his right hand he braced, His shield he took, and on his helmet laced. And with a thousand knights and barons bold toward the town, he hasted from his camp. In clouds of dust was Titan's face and rolled, trembled the earth whereon the worthies stamp. His foes far off his dreadful looks behold, which in their hearts of courage quenched the lamp. A chilling fear ran cold through every vein. Lord Godfrey shouted thrice, and all his train. Their sovereign's voice his hardy people knew, and his loud cries that cheered each fearful heart. Thereat new strength they took and courage new, and to the fierce assault again they start. The pagans twain this while themselves withdrew within the breach to save that battered part, and with great loss a skirmish hot they hold against Tancredi and his squadron bold. Thither came Godfrey, armed round about in trusty plate, with fierce and dreadful look. At first approach, against Argantes stout, headed with poignant steel, a lance he shook. No casting engine with such force throws out a knotty spear, and as the way it took, it whistled in the air. The fearless knight opposed his shield against that weapon's might. The dreadful blow quite through his target drove, and bored through his breastplate strong and thick. The tender skin it in his bosom rove, the purple blood outstreamed from the quick. To rest it out, the wounded pagan strove, and little leisure gave it there to stick. 
At Godfrey's head the lance again he casts, And said, Lo, there again thy dart thou hast. The spear flew back the way it lately came, And would revenge the harm itself had done, But missed the mark whereat the man did aim, He stepped aside the furious blow to shun, But Sigier in his throat received the same, The murdering weapon at his neck outrun, Nor aught it grieved the man to lose his breath, Since in his prince's stead he suffered death. Even then the Soldan struck with monstrous mane the noble leader of the Norman band. He reeled a while and staggered with the pain, and wheeling round fell groveling on the sand. Godfrey no longer could the grief sustain of these displeasures, but with flaming brand up to the breach in heat and haste he goes, and hand to hand there combats with his foes. And there great wonder surely wrought he had, mortal the fight, and fierce had been the fray, but that dark night, from her pavilion sad, her cloudy wings did on the earth display. Her quiet shades she interposed, glad to cause the knights their arms aside to lay. Godfrey withdrew, and to their tents they wend, and thus this bloody day was brought to end. The weak and wounded, ere he left the field, the godly duke to safety thence conveyed, nor to his foes his engines would he yield in them his hope to win the fortress laid. Then to the tower he went, and it beheeled the tower that late the pagan lords dismayed, but now stood bruised, broken, cracked, and shivered from some sharp storm as it were late delivered. From dangers great escaped, but late it was, and now to safety brought well nigh it seems. But as a ship that under sail doth pass the roaring billows and the raging streams, and drawing nigh the wished port, alas, breaks on some hidden rock her ribs and beams, or as a steed rough ways that well hath passed, before his inn stumbleth and falls at last. Such hap befell that tower, for on that side gainst which the pagan's force and battery bend, two wheels were broke whereon the piece should ride, the maimed engine could no further wend. The troop that guarded it, that part provide to underprop with posts, and did defend, till carpenters and cunning workmen came, whose skill should help and rear again the same. Thus Godfrey bids, and that, ere springing day, the cracks and bruises all amend they should. Each open passage and each privy way about the piece he kept with soldiers bold. But the loud rumor, both of that they say and that they do, is heard within the hold. A thousand lights about the tower they view, and what they wrought all night, both saw and knew. End of Book Eleven.